No, it's not your speakers. It's not your headphones. It's my nose. I sound this way because I am so stopped up right now. I've got the worst head cold of my life. Guys, it dropped from a beautiful 80s and 90s here in Central Florida to a frigid 60-something degrees over the weekend, and now I'm stuck with a head cold. And you should feel bad for us because us Floridians, we're weak. We are weak, okay? We cannot handle 60-something degrees. We all get sick at the drop of a hat as soon as that thermometer drops below 70. So feel bad for us, all right? That's why I sound like Kermit the Frog on this episode. But enough about me and my poor immune system. Let me tell you about this juicy episode that I'm actually obsessed with. I chatted with my Instagram buddy, Jay Noor. Jaynor is a certified personal trainer. He actually holds multiple training certifications, and he uses a scientific approach when he creates programs for his training clients. This gives them optimal results. He told me he likes to create experiences when he's personal training. That way, workouts don't seem like such a chore to the people he's working with. I loved getting Jay's insights as a personal trainer because he made some really cool observations about the differences between his female and male clients that I could really relate to as a dietitian. We also dove deep in our opinions about body positivity and self-love and as health professionals, what we think those terms should really encompass. They're hot topics on social media, so some things we say might be a little bit controversial or push some buttons. Let us know your opinion. Send us messages on Instagram, which I'll link below, with your thoughts about what we think self-love and body positivity should really mean. Jay also shares a lot of tips for anybody who is struggling to meet fitness goals and can't really understand why they can't reach their ultimate dream physique. We go through tips for setting goals and making sure that they're realistic, achievable, and digestible. You guys are going to love this episode. Please share it with a friend if you think they would find it insightful as well. Okay, I'll shut up now and let you enjoy this episode. You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. I am excited to bring you guys another incredible guest today. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Jamie, can you say hi to the audience, to the listeners? 
Yeah, hi everybody. My name is Jamie, and uh, I'm excited to be here. I've been a fan of nutrition awareness and the podcast for a while, so it's kind of cool and pretty surreal. I'm actually here, so thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think it's really cool to let listeners know how you and I know each other. So right now, Jamie and I are actually recording this podcast via Zoom. So we're face-to-face on a a webinar right now. And we actually met through Instagram. And Jamie, you were saying you knew Megan, my business partner, from a nutrition awareness booth, correct? Yeah. So uh, when I lived in Orlando, I actually hosted a health and wellness fair. And I was inviting some local vendors to the fair and things. And I'm not quite sure how I actually got word of nutrition awareness. I think I was like Googling or something like that. And I read the the page, the bio and all that stuff. And it really kind of got to me where I liked the the approach that Megan was, uh, how she was approaching people. So what I did is I reached out to her via email. I said, hey, we're doing this health fair. Uh, It'd be really cool if you guys could show up. And uh, she was very, very um, good at getting somebody there. And I moved to Miami. But I actually kept engaged with nutrition awareness through Instagram. So, like I said, I've been I've been a fan for probably like two years now. Cool. I mean, that's awesome. So you were at the health fair. So will you tell listeners exactly what you do in Miami and you know what you're what you're into? Yeah, I'm into fitness. I'm a <laughs> so I really enjoy fitness. Um, I've been a fitness trainer for about four years now. I actually got my certification when I lived back in California, and I moved from California to Florida. Um, my wife found out she was expecting, and we have family in Florida, so we're like, okay, let's move to Florida. And now I'm at one of the, uh, the most popular, biggest gyms here in, in Miami, and I have a couple of different certifications, but I really enjoy fitness. Like, that's that's my life. That's what I do, and that's what I'm passionate about. All right, on. Okay, so what kind of fitness training is your favorite? Um, You know, it's funny, because I actually have a women's fitness certification, and, you know, I don't know how many guys are listening to this, but I actually prefer training women, because... Um, it's actually interesting. I'm going to back up a little bit on why I got that certification and how. Yes. So my wife, uh, when we found out we were expecting, I wanted to continue helping her through her fitness journey. I was already a personal trainer at the time, but I really didn't know anything about like pre and postnatal, um, how to train those individuals. So I actually got my women's fitness certification just so I could train my wife. And doing so, getting that certification, I found a lot of women kind of gravitating towards me in my practice because they saw that I had the certification. They're like, oh, he knows how to work with women individually. You know, he knows about her us anatomically and physiologically. So in doing so, a lot of my clients were women. And I find that they just tend to, to want it more, I guess. They have more motivation. They, you know, I really enjoy that. Um, I can, they have the fire there already. And I'm just there to kind of help them exercise and work out and make sure they're doing things correctly. But motivation, they already have it like in spades. Okay, as a woman, I love that. <laughs> I'm totally biased. I'm like, yeah, girl power. So you're saying that you notice that your women clientele that you work with have a fire already in them. What does that What does that mean? What does that look like? I'm just curious. I mean, they're super excited to be there. I mean, I have a client that is like eight o'clock in the morning and I'm still rubbing like the sleep out of my eyes when I get to her, admittedly. And she's just like, let's go, let's do this. Let's get the warm up done. Let's work out. And I'm just like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, <laughs> Where um, not all my clients are so up at eight o'clock in the morning, let alone excited to be working out because you're you're working. You know, it, it is hard. Um, but yeah, women tend to have that little bit of motivation going into the workout right off the bat. What do you think it is that makes women more motivated? You know, at times that maybe other clients aren't so motivated. You know, I think women tend to find their purpose as to why they're working out mm. um, much easier for them because there's an emotional connection. Like when you work out. 
you don't want to just be superficial about it. It's not saying that's wrong. You know, I have clients who are like, I want six-pack abs. And I'm like, why do you want six-pack abs? Uh, because it'll make me look better. Okay, cool. But what is looking better? Like, what would that do for you in your life? And they kind of look at me like, especially the guys, I just want abs, dude. You know what I mean? But for women, <laughs> it's like confidence. Well, if I look better, I'll be more confident. You know, so I think because they have that emotional attachment, they can dig deep and they're already coming in super motivated because they have like a deeper purpose. They found their deeper purpose without me probing too much. I could not agree with that more. I see the same thing. I think you and I even had a conversation about this once on an Instagram post about the differences between men and women that we work with as health professionals. So I noticed women, they, when I ask them, you know, why are you trying to get healthier? Why are you trying to lose weight? Sometimes I'll get a, you know, a surface level answer right off the bat. Like I want to lose weight. I want to be a size, whatever. But then if you keep probing and asking why a few times, then there's always some emotional route that they can get to almost immediately. Even if it takes them a little time to kind of think through, they might say something like, oh, well, you know, I want to be more confident when I'm out on the dating scene, or I want to be healthier for my family. I've got a grandson or a, a son or a child that I want to be healthy for. And I've noticed that my weight gets in the way and they always have something a little bit deeper that they can grasp right away, even if it's not the first thing that comes out of their mouth, where it's, it's funny, not always, but with a lot of my male clients, it's more like, I want to look good. I want to be healthy. And then I'm like, well, what does healthy mean to you? And they're like, uh, <laughs> you know, and so I, I, I see that too in my space. Yeah. It, it's funny how our, our spaces are, you know, they have a lot of similarities, you know, oh. even mindset, how people approach nutrition and fitness. Very, very similar. I mean, I've listened to a couple of the other podcasts and purpose is, you know, tossed around in there when it comes to nutrition. It's the same thing for fitness. Oh, 100%. I bet. Yeah, I'm sure we have very similar clientele at times. Now, one thing I did want to talk to you about is a little bit about your story and how you got involved with fitness overall. So first of all, I think you win husband of the year award for going and getting a certification specifically to help your wife. But it sounds like you use that to help a lot of other people. But what got you into fitness overall? What really sparked your passion? And what's your story? actually began when I was 25 so on my 25th birthday I I went out and I, I celebrated like you know I don't want to classify all 20 year olds but you know like a typical 20 year old would so I had a couple of drinks um I had a couple more drinks and I, had <laughs> more drinks. And I actually ended up blacking out so there's a portion of my 25th birthday that I do not remember but my friends being my friends they reminded me and they showed me pictures and it was not a good scene like I woke up the next day on the floor, I had, I'll call it sickness, but puke basically. But <laughs> going forward, yeah, I had puke on me, and I'm just like, what happened? They're like, oh, dude, they're like, you, you got blackout drunk. We actually had to carry you from the bathroom to outside the restaurant, and the the restaurant itself, the bathroom is like in the back. So they literally had to carry me through the entire or the entire restaurant covered in puke. Oh and God. when I woke up, I'm just like, I I can't live like this. Like this is not something I can continue doing I can't this is not sustainable I can't continue down this path so for the next four years I kind of dabbled into like I'm going to be healthier now I didn't really know what healthier meant I know it meant I had to work out and I had to eat differently because I just wasn't eating well I was eating out all the time fast food restaurants whatever I could stuff in my face I'd stuff in my face I was over 200 pounds at the time I'm 180 now um, so for those four years I started working out go to the gym, pick up a couple of weights, wasn't very consistent, um, hop on the treadmill, 
my eating was like, you know, I'll add in a fruit or I'll add in some vegetables. But again, it wasn't really methodical. There wasn't any type of program or anything for me to follow. So I did that for basically four years. Then I found myself into this gym. And what's nice about a gym that focuses on like group fitness, for example, is that you have a strong support group. I didn't really have that support group for the past four years. Mm -hmm. um, it was just me by myself. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate that when you start this journey of health and wellness and fitness, you, you can be alone. Like if you're around friends that that's not really their thing, when you go to the restaurant, you're like, I'm going to have, you know, a lean piece of chicken, not fried. And I'm going to have some vegetables. And they look at you like, what, no fried chicken, no like cheese curds no i'm from wisconsin so I love cheese. <laughs> i'm gonna say cheese curds no cheese curds you know what i mean so i was like no i'm trying to like i'm trying to do this i'm trying to eat healthier so when i found this gym i had the community aspect which was awesome i had a really good strong support group i had like-minded individuals that also wanted to increase their health and wellness and fitness and things like that so i did that for about three years i was inside this gym before i moved i was in wisconsin i moved to california but one of the things i noticed that really got to me was not only how this impacted my life, you know, what this did for me on this journey with these people, but how it impacted other people's lives. You know, I saw some really amazing things. I mean, there was a woman that she was morbidly obese that she couldn't even bend down to pick up a pencil. You know, she couldn't do basic things that we do on a daily basis. She couldn't tie her shoe. Mm. So to see her all suddenly make this dramatic change in her health, lost a bunch of weight, and then she's knocking on like 100 push-ups. And it's like, that's awesome. I want to be a part of that. You know, I want to be able to impact people's lives that way. Not just improve their performance in the gym, but improve their quality of life outside the gym. Based off of my own experience from my early, my mid-20s rather. And then just kind of giving people a plan of action. So they're not just wandering aimlessly, you know, wandering aimlessly in the gym and just picking up weights. So they're not wandering aimlessly, you know, food and things like that. So they kind of have like a, a path to success. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you kind of had a rock bottom moment. It sounds like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Covered in what you call it? Mess <laughs> or whatever. Sickness. Yeah. <laughs> Covered in sickness. And that kind of sparked a little something in you, but it wasn't until you created this environment for yourself or entered the environment where other people were on the same wavelength. And I, I've talked to a lot of cognitive behavioral therapists who say how much our, our environment impacts our day-to-day -day actions that we seem to just do on autopilot. So what we're eating, what we're thinking, what we're saying, our attitude, our environment in, impacts that so much. And I think a lot of times when people think of the environment, they think of, oh, what city am I living in? Is it clean? Is it well lit? But really it also involves everything that you're exposed to, all the people you're exposed to, the social media you're looking at, the roads you're driving on, everything in your environment impacts your day-to-day -day behavior. So you put yourself in a position where you were surrounded by people who were pushing you to be better. And then you also saw people who were wanting to be better themselves and you wanted to be a part of that. And when you were talking about the one lady at your gym who was morbidly obese and she had trouble just carrying out day-to-day -day tasks that a lot of people take for granted, sounds like that's what really inspired you to take the next step yeah you know that's that's absolutely right I mean I saw a lot of changes in people's lives there but <laughs> it was it was her you know it was really her the the struggle that she had just doing basic things that you know tying a shoe I mean we don't think twice about tying our shoe right we bend down and we tie our shoe but for her it was an impossibility yeah. you know just didn't think about 
you have to have somebody tie your shoe because you're too you're just too large that you can't physically bend down and tie your shoe. Mm-hmm. So just seeing her make those changes, you know, that, that fire that she had in her. And then she literally, like, there was, like, a push-up contest. And several months later, she was, like, knocking out push-ups. I mean, I know she did over 100. Damn. She tie her shoe just several months ago. That's insane. She could do 100 push-ups? Yeah, exactly. She could what do, do you think it – sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but what do you think it was that really, like, set her fire off? Did she ever share with you, you know, what was the final straw for her? What really pushed her? You know, at the time, I didn't have, like, the personal trainer mindset. I had, like, the colleague mindset, like, oh, my God, that's awesome. I'm so proud of you. But being a personal trainer, I would be like, oh, let's sit down and talk. Like, what were you thinking? What went through your head? What motivations did you have? What purpose did you have? So, no, I did not ask. <laughs> I wish we could go back in time and just ask her, you know, like, what, what is it? And how can we share that with everyone? I really like how you said that was, like, the personal trainer mindset because I relate to that a lot. It is so fun to sit down with somebody and really be like, what is it? Like, what is your why? I think it's fun for us and we get some like sick gratification out of it, just being trainers and whatnot. But then it's also fun for the person we're talking to because how often as a human being, do people really look at you in the eye and say, what's important to you? What do you care about in this world? It feels nice to be asked those questions and challenged and really take time for yourself to consider what is it that I want? Why are these things important to me? Why do I want to be a better person? I think, I mean, I think it's kind of fun and I think it's fun to be on both ends. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's absolutely correct. You know, when you were talking about her too, it reminded me of something else I really want us to hit on because I think you and I have very similar views on body positivity and that whole movement. So for listeners who have heard of body positivity, I'm sure everybody has heard about the different angles that body positivity can take. And I think from what I have found, just perusing social media and talking to people, everyone has a different idea of what body positivity means. So I just want to know from you, what do you, what is your opinion? What is, how would you define body positivity? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, and kid, I'm actually happy you brought this up because before you mentioned, um, you know, what we see on Instagram and how it can influence us and our decisions. So, I am for a body positivity movement, um, but to me, what body positivity means, it means not only loving yourself, but loving what you are capable of being, mm-hmm. loving up what you're capable of doing. Um, you know, I, I might get controversial here, so if you're willing to take this ride with me, but <laughs> the current movement, I think is just, it, it's, it's sanitary, it's, it's uh, complacent, it's content it's satisfying and we can be more you know those individuals can be more so by positivity i would love to see a hashtag of somebody who just ran a, a marathon body positivity you know somebody who just went a week without alcohol body positivity i mean it's loving the, themselves loving what they're capable of doing loving what they're capable of being and not just being like content or, or satisfied because i think i mentioned this before in an instagram post if somebody was to say, you know, body positivity wasn't mean to me as it is right now, you know, I would ask them, are we really that happy with ourselves that we're totally satisfied with how we are right now and not with the possibility of what we could be and what we're capable of being? Is that body positivity? I mean, does that make sense to you? Does it make sense to anybody? Yeah. I mean, to me, it makes, I mean, what you're saying, I think is speaking really to how I feel about the issue. 
I see the hashtags on Instagram too, where it could be somebody showing off just a picture of their physique and they're only speaking about their physique in terms of weight or body size, body composition, and they're expressing to the world that, hey, I'm confident in the skin I'm in, which I think is wonderful to a degree. We should love ourselves for how we are genetically going to to turn out, I guess, for lack of a better term there. But I like how you're saying, no, body positivity should take a new perspective of what can our bodies do to make us better people? What are we capable of? And how can we treat our bodies with respect? How can we positively care for ourselves in a way that makes us better people? So when I see those pictures of maybe someone who isn't healthy, who who has, you know, disabilities related to their body weight, I'm not talking about physical disabilities or financial disabilities or mental handicaps or anything like that sort, but they're almost celebrating being morbidly obese and calling it body positivity. And they're shaming other people for promoting things like weight loss or, you know, health for weight loss in that in that sense. I'm like, how is that body positivity? How is celebrating being morbidly obese when we have studies that show being morbidly obese negatively affects your health? How is that positive? And how is spreading that message to other people being, you know, helpful? How is that helpful to anybody? Yeah, right. I mean, and you know, that person's a, they could be a model or Instagram influencer, or whatever the case would be. And they have tens, thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people getting this message you know they're, they're getting fed this message and you know like what you said why can't we feed a message to people that our bodies are capable of amazing things we ourselves physically and mentally are capable of so many amazing things why can't we make that the new body positivity yeah you know, I, I feel that before back in the day um especially marketing and corporations they equated a certain size with being healthy and fit you know, that's where if you look at our products, some of the products have the word slim on them, um, lean, skinny. And I kind of think we've swung the pendulum a little bit too far the other way. Mm-hmm. And it's all still about image, mm-hmm. whether it be lean, skinny, thin, or a, a different image of morbid obesity, if you will. Why can't we do it about what we're capable of being or what we're capable of as people? Yeah, and almost taking body size and body weight out of the equation to a degree, you know, it's it's with it's exact same thing with your friend that you trained with, the woman that couldn't tie her shoe. Being potty positive for her was taking time out of her day to spend an hour or whatever it was doing push-ups and doing workouts to make herself better. So then she could overall enhance her quality of life because not being able to tie your shoe definitely impacts the quality of your life and your well-being. I mean, when you are a certain weight and you're not taking care of yourself and you're not doing things to really push yourself physically, mentally to be better, well, that has consequences. And sometimes we don't see them right away, but they add up and they can really impact us over time. Yeah. I mean, health and fitness comes in all shapes and sizes. A hundred percent. So I know that I posted something on Instagram once. I think it, it ruffled a few people's feathers. But I made a point, and I want to know, you know, talking to you face to face here, you know, let's kind of expand on this point. I wrote in the Instagram post that I think body positivity, weight aside, should be making it a priority to treat your body with respect with the basic fundamental things that the human body is supposed to have, which is adequate sleep, adequate hydration. Our bodies are designed to move. So if you are physically capable, I think our bodies are designed to move and we should prioritize that. 
And then of course, feeding it good quality nutrition, fueling it the right way and not shaming people for wanting to be better to do those things. And I think that's what the body positive, body, excuse me, body positive movement should be all about. Not so much, hey, here I am happy with my size. I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. But I don't think that really helps anyone. I don't think celebrating our body shape publicly on social media really is something that's going to push the needle to make someone better. It might just make them feel more content and being complacent. Like you were saying earlier, a lot of us are just complacent with how we are. When we see somebody else celebrating themselves for being complacent, where it kind of justifies our, our uh, contentment. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and there's like a, a saying, I don't know who said it, but it said that your body is the only thing that you create with you every single moment of every day. Mm-hmm. You know, so love your body. You know, and I'm not saying these people don't love their body, but again, kind of like what we keep um, reverting back to is love what you're capable of becoming, you know? And the thing is, like you said, when, when there's images out there, Instagram models and all that stuff, even if there's somebody who looks at an Instagram model is like, oh, I see this person as, you know, I'm as fit as them, but you can be more. And I'm not saying better than them, but you can be more than what you are now. It doesn't matter how fit you are or how fit you appear to be or anything like that. Like you can always be more. And it's not just physical, it's also mental. Because a lot of this stuff that we go through physically also, you know, enhances our mental abilities and capabilities as well. So, you know, contentment can come from both sides of the pendulum, really. Oh, 100%. And when you mention that mental aspect, that makes me think of the self-love movement too, because that takes so many different angles. And it's very unique to see the different angles people take with the self-love and the self-care. Here's a thought that I think you might resonate with as well. When we do things like challenge ourselves physically and challenge ourselves to be better, and we set a goal and we succeed and we surpass that goal, and we continue every single day to take action and carry out tasks with consistency that make us better, that actually fosters self-confidence and self-love and self-respect. So I would love to see social media and people who have a platform, which is everybody, because everybody has influence if they've got a platform. But let's take a perspective where we do things, we take action to cultivate self-love within ourselves through repetitive tasks that actually improve who we are as people and therefore improve other people's lives as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, that goes for nutrition, that goes through fitness. I mean, and I love the that aspect, you know, of what you're saying about how we're kind of taking the, the physical out of it and now we're going in towards mental and confidence and things like that. Cause I mean, who, who doesn't want to be more confident or think that they can be more confident? It, it opens up so many doors when we walk with an air of confidence. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, it, you can see like, a lot of people I know that I work with who come into the office and I'm guilty of feeling this way too. We see somebody who might have that perfectly fit physique that we long for, that we're like, wow, her or his life must be perfect. Look at their body. They're so attractive. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they have self-love or self-confidence. Just as you might see somebody who's on the overweight side, I think that Whoopi Goldberg is always the example that comes to mind. She is a woman that lives in a bigger body, but she's doing things in her life and the way she carries herself is just an aura of self-confidence and self-love and self-assurance. But it's, it doesn't matter. It's because it's, it doesn't matter her body type. She's still that way. Where you could see someone who's bone skinny or really fit who doesn't have that good relationship with themselves because they're not taking the necessarily the steps every single day to make themselves better. It could just be genetics or, you know, or, or luck. <laughs> and, you know, and I love that you, that you mentioned, you know, even Goldberg, like 
regardless of your opinion of her, it's hard to argue that she's successful. You know what I mean? Like people have different opinions of success, but she's successful. All right. I think most of us can agree that she's successful. And I do have clients that come in and they're of a certain body type. You know, they're, they're relatively fit body fat percentage wise and all that definition. But when I start talking about their goals, you know, they, they do mention confidence. You know, so it's, it's kind of it's pretty cool that you mentioned that. And, you know, one of my jobs as a personal trainer is, yeah, I can change your body. Right. But I want to help you become more confident. So mm-hmm. that means that you have the confidence to ask for that promotion that you feel you rightly deserve, but you may not feel confident enough to ask your boss. I want to be able to help you to do that. What kind of things do you tell your clients to help them feel more confident in their overall life? You know, the thing is, I kind of ask them, I kind of, that's where I dig deep and I gauge, okay, so just for an example, um, female clients come in and they say, I want to change body composition. They don't generally say that word. They just say, I want to lean out, which <laughs> tone. tone, yes, I want to tone. And um, generally that means change body composition. You want to have, you know, remove the excess fat and maybe put on a little bit of muscle and you want to look cut, but you don't want to be like overly big or whatever. Not that a woman could because just genetics and all that other stuff. But as well, I can go on a different topic with that. But so I usually dig deep. Okay, so what does it mean to you to, if you were to get toned, you know, you had a couple, a little bit more muscle. Well, what is feeling better about yourself? How would that impact your life? And sometimes I get like a blank stare. I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's change the question. So if, let's say you had more confidence, you know, what would that do for your in life, you and your life? You know, you hold your chest up high, you go into room, and a lot of it is self-love because I know that I'm a good person. I know that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on this journey or I'm already fit or I'm on this journey to be fit and be healthier. Confidence is loving yourself, you know, loving yourself and letting other people know that I love myself. And that has a lot to do with how we carry ourselves, you know, just even physically. I see it all the time. I see people come in and they're kind of like hunched over and they're slouched. And after a couple of sessions, their chest is held high. They're looking straight at you. They're looking you right in the eyeball when they talk to you and they're smiling and you're like, that person's got confidence. I mean, you just know when that person walks into the room. Everybody knows that person has confidence when they walk into the room. Yeah, I see that too. And I, oh, I love to ask the women in my office that, that come back and they just have a different air about them after a few sessions. I'm like, what do you think it is? And we'll have conversations and a lot of times it comes down to them proving to themselves that they can do the things they didn't think they could. So whether that's related to fitness, whether that's related to how they're eating and their nutrition, whether it's related to you know their personal life, whatever kind of goals that they set for themselves that they kind of didn't feel very confident about achieving in the beginning, once they consistently set these small digestible goals and they prove to themselves that they can do whatever it is they say they're going to do, that's when the confidence really starts to show. And then it just spreads like wildfire. It starts to spread into other areas of their life. I can think of one client right off the bat. And I remember she would apologize every time she would answer a question because she would get emotional. She kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I was like, why do you keep saying sorry? You know, like, this is your time. You don't have to apologize to me. And as we talked, it was just because she felt very insecure about herself overall. And after about four sessions, after she had proven herself that she could walk into a gym, because before she did not have the confidence to even go into Planet Fitness because she was insecure about her body shape. And then she actually went to the parking lot, not even kidding, didn't go in then went to the parking lot the next day and went in and only stayed for 10 minutes, but she did it and she proved herself she could do it. 
And then by the time we met again, she had been able to stay there for 30 minutes. And I noticed that when we were talking that she was not apologizing nearly as much. She was not saying sorry. She was excited telling me about all these changes and she wasn't apologizing for getting excited. <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing. You can see people transform from the inside out just from doing those small things that they didn't think they could. Um, you know, a lot of times people, they come up to me and I'm like, all right, you know, we're going to work out three times a week and all this other stuff. And they're like, well, can we do five times a week? And I'm just like, well, we could, um, but let's maybe try for three. You know, because a lot of times people are like, I want to lose 10 pounds, especially those that do it on themselves or do it, you know, for themselves with no trainer or anything like that, no guidance. I want to lose 10 pounds, all right? So I'm going to meal prep every Sunday. I'm going to work out five times a week. I'm going to get up at six o'clock in the morning if I have to. And then it's kind of like, you know, they don't meal prep on Sunday because life happens or maybe they just didn't want to. It's kind of too long or took longer than they thought. They missed a workout. Not the end of the world, right? But they're so hard on themselves because they set this like high bar that, you know, quite frankly, for anybody who is sanitary to go from a sanitary lifestyle and eating out every other day to meal prepping on Sundays and trying to work out five days a week, that's, that's a big task for anybody. So it's kind of like start small and incremental. And then you can start adding in um, exercise and stuff. But one of the things too that people say, if you had to choose between exercise and nutrition, what should I start with first? And they always get shocked when I'm like, nutrition. And they're like, you're a personal trainer and you're telling me nutrition? Like, you may even lose me as a client right now. I'm like, you know what? If you get your nutrition down, you know, spend the next month work with somebody because just our conversation, I know you do better working with somebody come come see me in a month and then we can work out together because you would have a solid foundation you know they'll help you with that solid foundation and it's incremental it's nutrition first and then you can add in exercise can you do both at the same time absolutely but it can also be overwhelming and then people just revert back to their old ways because they feel like they're failed and if when we feel like we fail we lose confidence and now we're just kind of going back to where we were before yeah we get that why even bother i can't do yeah. this I can't do all these crazy things because I, I haven't been able to sustain the goals I've set for myself. And I think when we have these conversations with people where we take a step back and we say, you know what, I love the fact, Jamie, that you want to work out five days per week. That is awesome. I think that's a big goal to shoot for. Here's my fear. You've tried this before and it didn't work out so well. I want to strategically just get you started with three days. How do you feel about that? And really just kind of breaking it down for people and saying like, hey, you've tried to go all extreme before. It didn't work out. You've probably tried it multiple different times, just disguised with different aliases. You know, whether it's a, a certain fitness program or a certain diet, you tried to go extreme. You couldn't sustain it because it was designed for you to fail, essentially. And then... You want to do that again? No, that the rubber meets the road here. We're not doing it that way. People want those quick fixes and they get uncomfortable when I'm like, nope, I am not going to cut your calories by 800. I'm not going to tell you to go to the gym every single day because that just doesn't work. It just doesn't work for people. And now there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. Those extreme people that just are all or nothing in their everyday life. And those are the, aren't the people that we're talking about. Right? I'm sure you've met people like that that can just really just pick up something right away those are exceptions, not the rules. Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the, the general populace, which make up a big, you know, percentage of, a, of clientele, I'm sure, for you as well. And yeah, you can have people that they, they do it. You know, they're like, I'm going to go five times this week. And then I see them like, how many times did you work out? They're like, five times. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Very, 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 my friend. You've just got to meet those minimum requirements because that's what helps you 
build that relationship with yourself that proves that you can do the hard stuff when you say you're going to do it. And I tell people, I'm like, you know what? Like, I, I'm thinking of somebody I had right now, only a million times, how many times he's tried to go on these diets and he was really successful, but every single time he regained the weight. And I was like, well, what were these programs like? And they were things where he was going to the gym six times per week on his, on his own. He was doing all these different specific diets that had very tight parameters and always regained the weight back. And so the idea when I presented to him, I'm like, okay, here's the one thing you're going to focus on doing every single day. It's just one small task. I'm trying to think what it was for him. I'm pretty sure it was meal prepping his lunch because he kept skipping lunch and then overeating at like 3 p.m. like whole pizzas or something. So I was like, that's just it. That's the one thing you've got to do. You don't have to worry about anything else right now. We're going to pick one thing to focus on. That blew his mind because he was like, oh, but every program I've done in the past, it has me starting five or six different new habits all at once. And I'm like, well, it doesn't work that way. You've got to just pick one or two things. You've got to set these really digestible, achievable goals, execute them. You've got to hold that promise to yourself and have the utmost respect for it before you can actually make change. I think a lot of times people make promises to themselves, they tell themselves they're going to do things and they don't honor that promise they made to themselves when really we should be respecting the, the choices that we make for ourselves more than any other promise we make for anybody. If we can't be our best selves and show up for ourselves, how can we show up for anybody else, you know? Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that too, because like, I believe in, you know, I have a couple of different tips for people like trying to get into um, fitness and stuff like that. And one of them is be your own boss. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have to work tomorrow. Like I literally have to work tomorrow. If I just not show up for work, my boss is going to be like, why didn't you show up for work? You know what I mean? So you kind of want to apply that same mindset, when it, whether it be nutrition or fitness. If I say tomorrow I'm going to work out at 5 p.m., I should be working out at 5 p.m. All right? Unless there's like some big life change event that happens. And you know what? If I don't get that workout at 5 p.m., I should be asking why. You know, and be your own boss. I mean, we find it that if we let somebody else down, whether it be a family member, a friend, or even a boss, we feel bad about it. Yeah. But yeah constantly let ourselves down all the time when we skip a workout or when we eat that donut when we said we weren't gonna eat donuts in the morning why are we, why are we okay with that you know i mean it kind of goes back to being the best version of ourselves we need to be our own boss we need to hold ourselves accountable we also need to be forgiving because if i don't work out i'm gonna ask myself why you know maybe i was too tired okay if i'm too tired do i need to go to bed earlier did i not eat enough during the day so i kind of want to solutionize there so i know it doesn't happen again be forgiving, but also be your own boss. Hold yourself accountable. I like that. I like that concept of being your own boss. I think a lot of times we, if let's say somebody sets an appointment with themselves, I like to call it appointments, to go to the gym at 5 p.m. They don't. I see, especially with female clients, instead of using that curiosity approach, they just start to shame themselves. And then that makes them not want to continue to set high standards. It makes them not want to continue to try to be better because then they, you know, associate this whole idea of going to the gym with shame because they can't uphold their promise to themselves. But instead, I like what you're saying. It's no, approach it with curiosity. Ask yourself, okay, I am acknowledging that I didn't go to the gym today. Why did I not go to the gym? what can I do next time to make sure that I uphold my commitment to myself? Or if it was an unforeseen circumstance, how can I either prevent that circumstance from happening again so it doesn't get in the time that I've set aside for me, myself, and I? Or where is there an alternative day in the week or where is there a different time in the day where I can get this task done 
in case of an emergency. You know, there's all, you gotta have a solutions-based mindset, I guess is what we're both trying to say. You gotta find a solution. Don't shame yourself, let it go, and just do better next time. Yeah, exactly. You know, and if your purpose is strong enough, you will get that workout in. Maybe not today. Like I said, I was going to get it done today because I was too tired or whatever. But I'll sure do it tomorrow. You know what I mean? So if you have a strong purpose and it's deep enough and you have an emotional connection to it, you will get that workout in. Yeah. And you said something that kind of reminds me too. I think a lot of times with like internet culture and social media and memes and stuff, we see a lot of memes that joke about like, oh, I'll start my diet on Monday. Oh, you know, like, you know, I didn't do it this time, but there's, you know, tomorrow I'll do it. And then haha, tomorrow comes around, I don't do it. And we've kind of made it a joke of like, ah, yeah, you know, I was going to go to the gym today, but I found myself at happy hour. And it's almost socially acceptable to cheat yourself out of healthy behaviors. I don't really know why. I think it's people just trying to feel better about not holding promises to themselves. But I think that for anybody who really is trying to achieve a certain health goal, kind of circling back to what you said in the beginning, surround yourself with people who are also trying to be better. Don't expose yourself or partake in those social norms of, you know, haphazard or half, I don't know what the word is, haphazard <laughs> effort and, and slacking off because that really influences you whether you know it or not. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think the same thing. I think it's because those things are so socially norm is because people want other people to know, you know what, I don't I don't not gonna work out until Monday too, you know, like I skip days too. But if you surround yourself with people that, yeah, I missed today, but I'm gonna work out tomorrow, you will notice a huge difference in, in your progression. I mean you will progress much, much quicker. I mean, you will be generally continuing on the path of success as opposed to surrounding yourself with individuals that you know, do that meme of, ah, you know, I missed it, but there's always like Monday. It's like, nope, but there's tomorrow, like today's only Tuesday. Like what happened to the other five days of the week? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's always tomorrow too. Yeah. Or they'll say like, I'll start at the new year. Or I'll start whenever. It's like, no, you could start right now. Like there is no time stamp. There's no minimum requirement. You could literally pick up where you left off and do something better. And you know, in a nutrition sense, I see this all the time. I see a lot of people say like, I screwed, I was eating healthy all the way up until Susan brought in cupcakes to the office and I had one. And then I said, screw it. My whole day is ruined. So I ate, you know, Domino's pizza for dinner and I had ice cream. And it's like, why just because you had a cupcake just because you had a little oops that didn't really fit into your normal plan doesn't mean you should just throw everything out the window I mean you can still pick up where you left off and have a healthy dinner and skip dessert because you already had dessert yeah, yeah absolutely way to go Susan <laughs> yeah, way to, thanks a lot Susan it's always, or it's always Karen <laughs> so I think we've given people a lot of good tidbits I really challenge anybody who's hearing this and they're like I I always set these goals for myself I always think that I'm gonna do something to actually sit down and evaluate your goals and make sure that they're realistic and that you have a certain parameter in which you're going to complete them and I like to tell people when it comes to goals don't make them so much you know uh, like I want to feel more confident because that's an idea but that's not really a goal I want your goals to be more task oriented so make yourself tasks that are going to push you closer to that idea that you have in mind so if you want to feel more confident what tasks can you execute day after day after day to get you there don't think of it so much as okay goal setting it's no it's 
task planning, action planning. So I would like to know from you, what is a tangible piece of advice that you could give to somebody listening who wants to be more committed to themselves and start to cultivate that self-love and body positivity that you and I were talking about? Yeah, I mean, just kind of elaborate. I mean, um, first off, be, be forgiving. So <laughs> you are going to fall off the wagon, if you will, but there's always the next day. Like you said, if you have a cupcake, okay, so just don't have dessert for dinner and eat healthy the rest of the day. Or if you didn't work out today, well, there's tomorrow. You know, so be realistic. Write down what you want to accomplish. You know, this week I want to do three workouts. Okay, but that's great. But what days are you going to do them? At what time are you going to do them? Because if I say three workouts, maybe, you know, I wait till Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And maybe that's not the best idea because something happened. And now I just lost four days where I had that buffer. You know what I mean? So you kind of want to spread your workouts out. You don't want to just, I'm not against weekend warriors, if you will. Those are people that work out Saturdays and Sundays. I actually think that's better than not working out at all. But you don't really leave yourself a lot of wiggle room if you're going to work out just Saturday and Sunday. You know, and you wait till Friday and you're like, oh, dang, I'm not going to be able to work out tomorrow. So, you know, write it down, be specific, time, date, spread it out a little bit. Um, have a really good support group. You know, that support group could be your friend. It could be your mom and say, you know what, or whoever, I'm going to work out three times this week. And I want you to hold me accountable. I want you texting me. If I say, hey, I'm going to work out at 5 p.m., I want you texting me saying, you working out? You know what I mean? So they say you're up to like 40% more likely to succeed if you have like a strong support group. Um, be realistic is kind of what you said too, you know, just kind of elaborating back on that five days a week. Yeah, that sounds good to work out and meal prep on Sundays, but is it realistic with you and the time that you have, you know, does it fit within your, your lifestyle of being a parent or being a full-time student and going to work and stuff like that? If the answer is no, or even if you have to think about it, it's okay to scale back a little bit. And then once you have that habit built, you can add in those extra days of activity. You can add in that meal prepping um, regularly on Sundays as well. You also want to have that strong purpose, you know, kind of that's where everything ties back into. Find what that strong purpose is and don't just think about it, write it down, put it where you're going to see it. You know, if you want more confidence, why do you want more confidence? Just like you were saying, Kate, but write that down. So it's visually in front of you. So you see it any given time of the day. And if you do these couple of different things, you're going to notice that your path to success is going to be much, uh, much quicker and you'll be able to actually like stay on that path. You're going to fall off every once in a while. Everybody does. You know, the path of success is never linear. It's, it's always going to have those ups and downs and bumps and all those things. But these little tips I kind of found really helps people stay on that path much longer and or get back on the path that they fall off. Yeah. Yeah. And the more consistently you can get back on that path when you fall off, the better. Well, Jenny, I want to thank you so much. I think that advice is so helpful. If anybody, in, you're in Miami, right? I am, yep. What gym can you say? Oh, yeah, it's a, the UFC gym. Okay, so you're the UFC gym. So if anybody's in Miami, they can, can find you there. And if they want to find you on social media or ask you more questions, where is the best place for somebody to contact you? Yeah, so on Instagram, you can find me at uh, madfitscientist. Okay. So, I like to take like a scientific approach to my, my workouts and things like that. Um, so mad fit scientist, you can find me there. Or if you have questions, you can always email me as well at uh, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E dot Nora, N-O-H-R at UFCgym.com. 
Awesome. I will make sure I link that in the notes below for anybody. They can just click on it and contact you. But thanks again, Jamie. And thank you guys for listening. If you guys have any questions, please reach out to me or Jamie. Until next time. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real, 